0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. A new baby is fascinating to watch. In fact, it's a bit impossible not to get lost in their little faces, but it can be difficult to work out what those facial expressions mean or how it is that you're communicating with them. But responding to your baby through your expression and your words is actually super important for their development. Olwen Forker is the Clinical Director at Backchat Speech Pathology. Hi, Olwen. How are you?
1: Hi, Siobhan.
0: Lovely to be here today. Can you actually communicate with the baby? I, I just mentioned when you're looking in their faces and you're um, pulling expressions, etc. Um, Is that communication? Is that that what's going on?
1: Yeah, look, that's a really good question, Siobhan. And actually, a mum asked me that only a few months ago when I was actually presenting in Hobart. She said to me, she said, really, we have to talk to our babies, you know, the way that you're describing. And I guess we refer back again to that research coming in from overseas that's telling us the way that we talk, the way that we look, the way that we engage with our little ones, particularly during that really early baby to eighteen month, right through to that first thousand days, is really, really important, because our little ones' brains, I mean, a newborn babies, you know, they're not sleeping, you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding, Your nappies and nappies are needing to be changed all the time. That's a real, um, I guess that's really showing you where the brain development is at. We describe it as like, it's a little bit like jelly in there with (laughs) your newborn baby. So as a mum, as your child's first educator, it's, it's your job to engage with them and to build brain connections. So that, their brain isn't mushy. It starts to develop engagement. Your baby starts to look for longer. They start to make a different range of
0: sounds. So when you say it's causing those brain connections and um, you are a speech pathologist, so of course that's your passion, why is language important in that? Because lots of us will do the funny faces and tickle their toes, et cetera, that kind of thing. But why is language so important in that type of brain development?
1: Okay, so language is really important in that really early critical period for two reasons. One reason is for that language center of the brain. There's such a body of research to show that children who are talked to children who are read books constantly too, little babies who have mums singing and playing and playing little singer and little toe games, children who are talk, talk, talk to and really using that language dumping method, Siobhan, where, you know, you're just talking all the time with your little one. You know, you might be changing your three-month-old baby's nappy and you're going, oh, really? That is disgusting. That is just an awful <laughs> nappy, you know, that type of, motherese that we use all of the time with little ones, that is really critical for your language centre of the brain to develop. Now, what some of the more recent research has shown us is that it's not just about jumping language into your child's brain and just talk, talk, talking. There's also a really critical type of language interaction that they call return and serve. So basically, it's like hitting a tennis ball across a net. You give your child some language and then you wait for them to serve back. So you might be, you may have a little baby and you are changing their nappy. And of course, your baby's not verbal, but they might be vocal. So they might be cooing and garring with delight. at You talking to them and going, oh, that nappy is just disgusting. That is just the- off." Oh. That is the worst nappy I've ever seen. And you talk about how you go and put it in the bin. But that direct looking at your baby and talk, talk, talking with them, that direct back and forth, actually doesn't just build that language center of the brain, Siobhan. It also increases the connectivity of your frontal lobe. And basically all that means is that you build more brain connections in your frontal lobe which is an area really important for attention. It's really important for persistence. So children who get that back and forth constantly during the critical period, they're finding that they have better connectivity, they have more brain pathways in your frontal lobe, which, of course, means by the time you get to school, you're able to persist, you're able to attend, for longer periods. You're able to sit and you're able to listen to the language that the teacher is saying. You're able to process directions and concepts in class because you've had so much of that um, back and forth, that return and serve during that critical period. So it's actually really, really important to be talking, to be singing, playing peekaboo with your little baby and counting their fingers and toes and reading to them every single day because it just connects the brain in all of the right ways, not just for school, but most importantly for life and for them to have really great outcomes in life.
0: So do we actually have to understand what they're saying? Because I don't reckon I understood my kids until they're about three or four. Um is there any issue with interacting with a small child when you're responding to them, but your response might not be appropriate to what they're saying to you because you just don't oh. understand it?
1: Oh gosh, no. I was in I was in exactly the same situation with one of my sons who's speech can be quite questionable even now as a teenager, and sometimes it's just about nodding the head and going, "Really, that's exactly what I thought." Let's go and find it and then you leave them and it's a bit more child directed and they will take you and then you go oh you mean the itchy bear book, you don't want to read the super bear book with these big muscles I get it, let's read the itchy bear. So it's just about giving, you know, that returning serve, giving children the opportunity as well to talk, not just modelling, not just talk talk talking and, and in that language all the time giving the little ones that opportunity to verbalise, even if it's just a vocalisation and you're not quite sure what they've said, it's still really, really important to acknowledge it and kind of run with it as well, Siobhan. I think all parents do
0: that. <laughs> um, and you mentioned it's important that it's consistent and that we do it a lot. But if you're staying at home with a small baby and it's the only interaction you have all day... You can start to feel a little bit nutty when you're talking to them all day long. Do you have any sense of how much we should be doing this? Like, I know maybe not in a percentage of the day, but you know, is three times a day enough? Is does it have to be every single interaction? Uh, can we stop doing it at certain times of the day, especially if we're wanting them to calm down and go to sleep? What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I and I know it's a question a lot of people ask because there's not really a set time frame or continuity, you know, frame with that. But I think a lot of a lot of people, certainly pathologists and certainly early childhood teachers, will say and a lot of childhood teachers will do this. I had a meeting yesterday with a prep teacher and she said, We are just talking all throughout the day with these little preppies. We are just putting language into their brains because they're coming in and they're at such different levels. So it doesn't have to be constant. But as an example, with your little ones, when it's their sleep time and it's time for them to start winding down, it's a great idea just for them to have some peace and quiet and just learn to go slow and not to have some stimulation, like that's really important for young children, particularly in this day and age when we're surrounded by screens. So, you know, often when I'm at home with my three-year-old, because I live with four males, I've got three sons and my husband, of course. So it gets busy and it gets really noisy and um, very stimulated, lots of talking, lots of discussion, lots of big words. So it is really important and I sometimes switch Everything off the dishwasher is there on the washing machine is, and we just have quiet time. So I'm a big believer in that, children That children need time just for quiet and to go slow. So I think it's in those times when you're holding your baby, you might be putting some washing on, you might have them in the carrier, you might be pegging some washing on the line, and you can't leave them upstairs. So you know you're doing little jobs around the house. That's a great opportunity. To actually be doing that talk, talk, talk with the little ones and then around their times giving them a little bit of a break from the stimulation and then throughout the day as well, giving them periods where they're just happy to be there and to go slow and just have some quiet time because that's really, um, that's really difficult in this day and age for children not to be
0: bored. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, Owen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Siobhan. That's Owen Forker. She's a clinical director at Backchat Speech Pathology. Mm-hmm. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.